Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and empowering you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around you. As always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Follow us on all our social media. We are on Facebook at the Zero Network. Go to that page, like that page, listen to archived shows. Also on Twitter at Zero Radio is the Twitter handle for the show. My handle is at Lorenzo T. Neal. Uh, what else? Well, I can't remember. We're all on there. I got brain fog. <laughs> but we are on social media. Follow us, all of that. Also, if you haven't done so, I want to invite you to be a supporter of the show. Go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal. Sign up for one of the tiers for as little as a dollar a month. You can support this show and help us keep doing what we are doing to make uh, everybody great again. (laughs) We are so glad to be able to do this. Uh, Welcome to May. It is a wonderful month because it is my birthday month, and I just love it. Time is moving by fast. This year is moving by pretty quick, it seems. So I hope that you are accommodating and making sure that you're able to get in what you need to get in and fit in what you need to fit in so that you won't be missing out on everything. Because I tell you, it is <laughs> stuff is happening quickly, and we are learning so much. And, and I'm not going to belay the, the, the time. Get right into the topic I want to talk about as you uh, probably clicked on this link because you've seen what we're going to be talking about. Roe versus Wade uh, leak, as well as the new disinformation uh, government <laughs> associate, uh, whatever office. We're going to be talking about that, but I really want to jump into one thing. Last night I was watching television. Uh, well, no, not last night. Uh, I woke up to watch the news and learned that Dave Chappelle, the comedian, has was attacked while performing in Los Angeles at the Hollywood Bowl for the Netflix is a joke comedy festival where an armed man just rushed the stage and attempted attempted or did tackle him um, and Chappelle was able to um, get out of the into the guy's way unharmed and later the guy was taken backstage where he was put in his place <laughs> in so many words um, and Dave Chappelle commented about the situation, thanking Jamie Foxx and others who were quick to respond. And while people are saying this is the response to him and his jokes regarding a certain community, it's just ridiculous how how crazy and how um, people, how emboldened people are becoming. You know, this guy breached personal space of a celebrity. Now that happens all the time with paparazzi, but to do so in such a violent way, it's, it's just I don't know what to make of our society at this moment. And uh, reports are that person identifies as part of the um, LGBTQ plus community and that deeply offended uh, is deeply offended by the jokes. But I'm, I'm like this. I grew up in a day where jokes were jokes. 
you got roasted, you got jones, you got that, you took it. You know, you didn't retaliate unless you were soft. And you didn't want to come across as soft. You want to come across as somebody who had at least the, um, <laughs> the, the ability to take it. And even if you were hurt, you didn't express it. You just had to look hard. And maybe that was a different time, different day. But, you know, the sensitivity level for our, our country and maybe just Western civilization has gotten to a new low. We're sensitive about everything. Everything is offensive. Everybody is hurt by words. Uh, not actions. Words. Now words can be considered assault. Um, it, it's it's crazy. And there'll be there will be a number of reactions to that because some people just think Dave Chappelle should be automatically uh, canceled because of saying jokes. It's a crazy world we're looking at. We're living in. But anyway, it is what it is. Maybe comedians will. Uh, see the need to step up their game. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it, honestly, but I do know this: um, we've got to do better as a as a people, as a country. We've got to do better. Now, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into this um, leaked Roe Wade decision. Now, let me preface this by saying. I am considered pro-life. Actually, I'm pro-choice. I believe everybody has a choice. Um, When it comes to this particular matter, I am pro-life. I share how I have been impacted by uh, the abortion and and that (laughs) I was one of the ones who was a contributor to it. And it's not a secret. I posted festival of life events at my church where I've shared that hey you're looking at a person who identifies as pro-life but even identifying as pro-life I've had sexual immorality that led to events uh, that unfortunately required the life of a child now um, abortion I'm not just talking about the uh, you know going to the clinic or anything but also you know miscarriages are technically abortions and and um, there are some persons who were attempting to criminalize that you know in fact if you had a miscarriage which is also an abortion you know that was criminal and there were some literally some legislators uh, states that were trying to get that to that but I say that you know I have not been the best when it came to sexual immorality uh, or sexual purity, rather. And my testimony regarding abortion is, you know, when it came down to that, I had to respect the choice of the person, and that was it. Um, and it was a it was a medical issue, so you know, their health was in jeopardy, and by all medical uh, standards, uh, termination was the only viable option for both um, the fetus and uh, parent so it's not it was not a 
uh, abortion on demand or convenience situation. It was really because the health of the person was uh, and the child, the infant, fetus, or whatever y'all, whatever it's called. So, uh, you know, I share that. I try not to hide that. And um, I, 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 I hate when persons, either on the both sides, you know, the ones who are pushing for the extreme, and there are those who are pushing for extreme where, you know, the viability does not matter. You know, viability, uh, trimester, there are some who are so extreme saying whenever the woman wants to, even up to the moment of, you know, uh, not, not uh, birth, but some are even saying up to the moment of birth, but to the moment of contractions, to the moment uh, uh, all of that, they're saying they should have the right to terminate, and that's murder, in my opinion. Um, I am now of the point, as most Americans are, and I was looking through several, you know, several studies over the last uh, 15 plus years, where most Americans are becoming more like, okay, um, abortion should be legal. It should be should have some restrictions, but um, it should have there's some there should be some restrictions. So um, it shouldn't go so far out the way. But at the same time, you know, you shouldn't, you should be able to make the decision. A woman should be able to make the decision. And I'm at the point now, <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, you make the decision for yourself. I cannot judge you, but I will support you. And for the conservatives, that sounds too, too right, too easy. You know, we don't want to support them. We want to discourage them, which is true. We do want to discourage them as much as we can, which is why the alternative to uh, Planned Parenthood for many conservatives are pregnancy crisis centers, which I support, have been supporting, uh, and will continue to support. These crisis centers offer the alternatives, you know, and unfortunately, they have a bad reputation. And I, I know I'm getting ahead. I'm going to get to the actual leak and articles and all that stuff. But uh, pregnancy crisis centers got a bad rep, largely because of their connection with the uh, white Christian evangelicals, you know, who push this and they push it and they push it as an alternative to Planned Parenthood. Um, and when people get inside the clinics they kind of feel deceived uh, because once they get inside uh, there is the care and there is the information but then there's almost like this semi-proselytation that goes on where they're, they're trying to really convince the people that uh, the women that hey if you love God if you believe God loves you you wouldn't do this and I can understand that but there's you know creates this craziness and then on the other side this is the interesting thing here there's only one clinic here in Mississippi and the one clinic here in Mississippi is located in the capital city of Jackson and at one time the primary doctor was black and was Christian and I've had the opportunity to meet him speak with him and um, he shared his views and I was 
honestly, I was kind of perplexed. I understood how he saw it. He saw it as a ministry. I didn't understand how he saw it as ministry, but I respected that he saw it as ministry, as something he was doing in a compassionate manner. Now, the only th- the, the biggest problem I had is that we didn't have enough black pastors. We don't have enough black preachers uh, standing up for this. And I'm going to get into that in a moment and um, all of that. But it's, it's, just, it's just a crazy thing that's happening. No, so no, now let me get into, um, into this whole thing. So on, on Monday or whenever, there was a leak uh, from Justice Alito uh, or a, a decision, internal decision memo that was leaked, um, a 98-page decision from Justice Alito that basically said that Roe versus Wade needs to be unter- overturned, that it was an egregious to begin with, that it's unconstitutional and all of that, and lists several other cases that that um, uh, support his argument. Now, what brought this up is what happened here in the state of Mississippi in last year, where the state legislators passed a law um, banning abortion past 16 weeks, which really, you know, makes really it's fine because, you know, the average person doesn't know they're pregnant until between 8 and 12 weeks. And that, you know, that gives them enough time they make that, if they want to, to make that decision of termination. And after 16 weeks, uh, that's it. You make other arrangements. And they knew this was going to be challenged, so they prepared for it. And uh, I don't know if they... Know, knew it would go all the way to the Supreme Court or if they intended for it to go to I'm quite sure they intended for it to go all the way to the Supreme Court and it did and um, you know we <laughs> there were some people holding I started to say we I, I was not part of this but there were some people holding listening parties for uh, the oral arguments that were being presented uh, by the Secretary of State, I mean, uh, General Attorney here for Mississippi and the, the, their arguments and their, her staff or whatever, um, as well as, you know, the United States argument or whoever the Solicitor General is, I don't know. But anyway, they were, they were really listening, and we had prayer vigil after prayer vigil, uh, one major meeting earlier this year at one of the largest uh, black, uh, predominantly black congregations here in the city, in, of which I was a part. Of, you know, yeah, I was, of course, I was attended. I was attending, and, um, and for those of you who don't know, I have I've been a proponent of pro-life for a long time. You know, and I, like I just shared, it may seem like a contradiction, may seem a bit hypocritical, and yes, yes, I can honestly admit to that. But, uh, you know, over the last 11 years, there have been a lot of attempts. There was a a personhood amendment that was trying, uh, had been promoted, and which 
uh, unfortunately. I, I was informed, but not as well as informed as I should have been regarding that particular amendment that was going to go to the Constitution of Mississippi. Uh, it was voted down, um, so that's a whole different thing. But anyway, so you have Dobbs versus um, Mississippi. And that case has made it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And um, oh, let me let me see if I can bring this up real quick. So you have uh, Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization. This is the case uh, that was brought forth in 2018 uh, that banned abortions after 15 weeks. I'm sorry. I said 16 weeks, but it's 15 weeks. So the lower courts ruled um, in preliminary injunctions, and I'm I'm reading this, so (laughs) that um, uh, the law violated the holding of women's rights that was from a previous case. Um... And so this case is the one that made it all the way up to the Supreme Court. Now, on on Monday, the leaked political, the, the website, the magazine, whatever it is, leaked the draft by Justice Alito saying that it would overturn Roe versus Wade, as well as the other case, I think it was Planned Parenthood versus Casey. I, I, I can't remember exactly. I know it was Planned Parenthood, but it would overturn that. Okay, and um, it's freaked everybody out. It's freaked everybody out because um, people are saying some of the crazy things on both sides, especially the um, far left. Uh, I'm, I'm center-right. You know, I, I try to be as centrist as I can, and I do lean a little more con- on the conservative side, but I try to be a centrist and moderate, so sometimes people don't know where I am politically. But on this particular issue, you know, I am very much more right aligned. But I digress. So those who are left and even more far left are are saying some of the craziest things because this leak is going forth. They're saying that if Roe versus Wade is overturned, then there'd be nothing that could stop them from doing other things. Let me read you a tweet real quick. This is a tweet from a person, I can't, um, simply A.H. A.H. Riaumi, I guess I can't, but but A.H., and I follow this person on Twitter. I follow a lot of people on Twitter. I don't, I don't know, but I'm connected with it in some way, so I follow them, you know, because they're following some other persons or other persons I am affiliated with, follow them. 
and, and I have more friends uh, on both sides of the aisle in the spectrum of political ideology, which, you know, kind of makes me really balanced in how I view particular um, issues and present arguments for particular issues. Now, when it comes to gun violence, I very much <laughs> uh, on the end, on the side of uh, gun violence prevention, even though I'm a gun owner and all that stuff, and, you know, the right, uh, I'm, I'm pro-gun ownership, but at the same time, I am pro-legislation uh, that would uh, definitely obstruct much of the gun violence that is happening in our country. So that's here or there regarding this. But anyway, uh, this person, A.H., came up in my Twitter thread, and it said, uh, they write, Roe versus Wade is based on the right to privacy. If the majority opinion by SCOTUS suggests that the Constitution does not protect the right to privacy, that affects a whole lot of their other decisions. Buckle up. This is the beginning of a lot of potential ugliness, a thread. And now, this is this is where the fear-mongering comes in. And this this is a part of every political agency. It doesn't matter. They're going to put fear-mongering. They're going to say, if this, then, that, that argument. That's always a poor, fallacious argument. As, as, you know, if this, then, that. Usually, it's not a good argument. But this person goes all the way, that dives right in. And says, beginning with the first one, um, if this now this is I'm I'm summarizing and paraphrasing, and they're they're going through various um, rulings that the court has made over the decades in the 20th century and 21st century. Said because right to privacy is the one that was decided in um, 2003 that um, regarding sodomy. And they made that decision uh, that a right to privacy is, is, you know, boom. You can't punish people for sodomy. Person, this A.H. goes on to argue that or to, to say, well, if Roe is versus Wade is overthrown, well, that's open to the door for people to be able to, carry, uh, you know, the government be able to criminalize sodomy again. Uh, more particular, more particularly, homosexuality. That's, that's how she said. Uh, the second argument, uh, one from 1965, that protects the ability of married couples to buy contraceptives without government restriction, and <laughs> and they're saying is Roe versus Wade is overturned. Boom! Contraceptives now become illegal. Another Loving versus Virginia. And we know this story. This is the story of the interracial couple, uh, the case of the interracial couple that decided they broke the law when they married in Virginia. They, that case went all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court in 68 ruled that, hey, people can marry whoever they want to marry. Now they're saying this person is arguing, oh, guess what? That was a right to privacy issue. And uh, based on their argument, because abortion is a right to privacy issue, Roe versus Wade, once that is 
overdone, overturned, overruled, whatever. Interracial marriage is illegal. And then she makes one other one, and she keeps going on, but this one is the biggest one. Overfeld versus Hodges, 2015, the most recent one that that legalized same-sex marriage. Again, the argument is that was a right to privacy <laughs> argument, and uh, that case was ruled on that. And if, here's more specifically, the 2015 opinion that legalized same-sex marriage used the right to privacy and equal protection clause to do so. This, if it's overturned, could open the door for a state to try to test same-sex marriage laws. And she goes through, it's a long thread, and I'm not going to go through all of them. But in in essence, what this person is saying or arguing is that because uh, right to privacy is the main issue regarding Roe versus Wade, which I am not quite sure if that was the main issue. I know it was the underlying issue for uh, other cases that were peripheral to Roe versus Wade. I don't know if it was... uh, the primary argument in the initial case. I could be mistaken. But either way, what this this person is arguing says that once it's over the turn, boom, the floodgates is open and they're promoting it. And this has been, these arguments and similar arguments have been floating around Twitter all, all <laughs> the last 48 hours. If if this happens, then that happens, and particularly people of color, BIPOC is what they're calling it now. BIPOC should be concerned because this directly affects you, and you should be afraid because now states will come after you again. And I, I'm like, my God, who woosa? That's not the case. Second list, um. Most the, the the we now know the the uh, the Supreme Court is more conservative now. They have more conservative justices. I think it's five to four. But um, from all aspects, most of the justices, as they're looking at the Mississippi law, uh, are looking at it not just from an ideological perspective, but also from um, the trimester and all of that and they're trying to find this balance and though Alito's opinion is is the one that has gotten leaked uh, we know that that um, at least six of the justices uh, there's one centrist justice on the court that could be the pivotal for pivotal one um, and I'm not talking about Justice Roberts Justice Roberts is is not uh he may who knows justice roberts even though appointed by uh bush and supposed to be conservative has been uh more centrist lately kavanaugh uh is even has come a little centrist not quite but you know so there are at least at least six justices who uh from 
from review and from listening to the oral arguments that were presented back in December, are, uh, are trying to, or, or, or came across as presenting their, um, their answer in, in a more centrist way. So, but we definitely know this will more likely be at least a 5-4 split. It could be a 6-3 split, but we do know that there will be a majority regarding the con- you know, conservative-leaning uh, judges. So the Twitter sphere has gone crazy. And um, I want to read <laughs> – I've been reading a lot of Twitters, uh, a lot of – lot of them. One, uh, President uh, Obama, former President Obama, uh, put his statement in, and it's interesting, you know, President Obama, and this has been making the rounds on YouTube, President Obama strongly encouraged um, the late uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg to retire so that he could appoint someone on the bench more in her speed, you know, liberal, and that way it would definitely, we would definitely have a balanced court, much like what happened uh, when there was a 4-4 ratio after um, Justice Scalia passed. He had that 4-4, and it's pretty much balanced. And uh, Obama was, you know, offering to do that, and she refused to retire, and because she refused to retire, well, you know what happened? What happened was because she refused to atti- retire, um, we got this finagle that we're in now. Everyone is saying all she had to have done was to retire and, and we wouldn't be in the space. But anyway, he he um, released a statement <laughs> and it was, you know, I you can read it, but it's, um, it's interesting. What's interesting is how he's he's a politician. He's a great speaker, wonderful person, and a very popular politician. And he's just that, a politician. He's saying whatever is popular in the moment because he's, on, he's gone on record when he had the opportunity to um, – to do uh, freedom of freedom of choice. There was a freedom of choice act that basically could have uh, solidified this right to privacy argument as uh, you know that was presented in Congress, and he was like, "Dope, that just wasn't a priority." First and foremost, you know what we need to do is find common ground. On this issue of abortion, you know, we don't need to do a congressional act. All we need to do is have dialogue. And now he and Biden and Bernie Sanders and a lot of others are saying, well, now Congress needs to act. We need to act to protect these rights. And 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 Judge Alito is a constitutional originalist. And in that sense, Abortion, there's no right to an abortion. And, and and why would that even be in a, 
in the Constitution because people needed to live. We needed people in the country. And the founding fathers, we can assume, did not think like modern Americans think. The conveniences that we have, the the uh, freedoms that we have were extremely limited except for white, wealthy males. You know, that was pretty much it. And there were pockets of other persons, but for the most part, the, the exclusion, I mean, exclusivity of this group and their thinking as they were putting this country together was not forward thinking at all. It was to be conservative, you know. And add on the fact that, you know, the lineage of this country is rooted in Puritan Christianity. And so this is always going to be uh, um, a an argument from both the Christian side and and the secular side. Speaking of the Christian Christian side, I've come across a couple of arguments that were very interesting to me. Um, that I'm gonna share real quick, and I'm gonna try to hurry up and get off this because it's <laughs> um, Robert Moore. Not Robert Moore. What I'm saying, Robert Moore for. Um, Russell Moore Russell Moore who was the former um, well he was in Southern Baptist Convention um, shoot what's the policy board uh, something ethics board I can't remember I've met the man on a number of occasions shared uh, shared platform, and I just cannot think what it, exactly what his role is right now. But anyway, he wrote an article, um, and I thought I had it pulled up. Let me see if I can find it one more time. All right, here it is. He wrote an article in uh, in Christianity Today. Uh, and this is the title, The Role Leak Spotlights America's Crisis of Credibility. All right. Um, Russell Moore is the former, um, well, he leads the Public Theology Project, the Christianity Today, but he was with the SBC. Anyway, uh, he's he's writing this, and the article basically saying that the problem with the leak is that now we see a loss of credibility and trust in our entire system. We've already had it in the churches, a loss of credibility and trust in churches, in education, and of course in politics. And now we're seeing in this other sacred forum of the Supreme Court, where whoever leaked this information, their motive, you know, we don't know if they're conservative and they wanted to leak it to kind of, you know, beef it up for the conservatives or get more people mad or if they're uh, left-leaning and they leaked it to force the court to... um, have to alter their decision before. And, and, and this is what I didn't say, I should have said early on. 
this is not a final decision. The final decision will come weeks from now, uh, as, as late as June or July. That's when it was actually supposed to be made. And this is not a final ruling. Judge Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, has said that this is not a broad ruling or this is not the final ruling. It is a draft. And, yes, it is authentic. And, yes, it does reflect um, many of the justices. But this is not the final decision. And and this is where the credibility, as Russell Moore points out, you know, it, it's just it just hampers the credibility of the entire system right now. Um, it's not a win. It's not a win for either side. It's not a loss. It, it's just limbo, you know, because you know over the last, especially the last twelve years or more. We've seen leaks become so prominent, you know. Uh, also, uh, the last 20 years, uh, leaks, you know, stuff started happening. And yes, leaks were happening way back when, but it wasn't as prominent. Um, and because of this internet age, net age, you know, access to information comes so quickly. And sometimes we know now that some government officials leak information. We know uh, we had um, Trump officials leaking information intentionally. We know um, even Obama had uh, people leaking information intentionally to kind of get an idea of what the public felt about it. And that's what that became a common practice. But it's now becoming normalized. And if leaks, especially in this form of the Supreme Court, becomes normalized according to uh, Russell Moore, um, there will be a very, 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 um, very bad effect for all the branches of government. But to quote him, this is what he says. Not only that, but there will always be contention among anonymous figures seeking to marshal public opinion to sway the legal process, a process that must not be moved by polling data or activist mobilization, but by constitutional mandate in order to maintain public legitimacy. And then in another article, also in the Christian uh, Christianity Today, uh, um, <laughs> the uh, Kate Shellnut, and I like her last name, Shellnut, <laughs> said that this leak actually does not help pro-life people. Those who are evangelical Christians, um, it doesn't help them. What it basically does is, you know, it hampers them. Because if the court does not follow through with this leak information, then and and turns around and upholds Roe, it discredits, <laughs> well, not discredits, the likelihood of them continuing an argument or putting up a fight will be null. Not null, but less. And all these states that are passing these 
uh, severely restrictive laws on this will have to I have to find out, you know, because now it becomes a state's state's issue. If this is upheld, if it's continually upheld, it becomes a state's issue, and Congress will be forced to act. Now, this being a midterm, likelihood of Congress becoming more red uh, in the fall is, is a great chance. And if Republicans gain majority back in the House and in the Senate, then what will happen? Will these Republicans follow through with, uh, like the states, and try to push legislation that is antithetical to sometimes even their own moral objectives and principles? Because they just want to beat the other people. They just... They just want to beat them. That's it. It's all about winning. But um, this is what uh, Kate Shelner says. White evangelicals are the most pro-life religious group in the country. They're twice as likely as the average American to want to make abortion illegal. And so after generations of pro-life activism, these um, and a lot of appointments, conservative appointments, they have this, this string of hope. Except the stream of hope comes from a leak in the media, which again, uh, if one sullies the legal process, discredits the person who leaked it, it had to be, and I'm 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 saying this as if this is a certainty, but you know, it is likely that it was a clerk of the court. And if it was a clerk of the court, that person should be disbarred for life, arrested, you know, should <laughs> the full arm of the law should come down on that person for violating and infringing upon the due process of the court system, especially at that level. But here's some concerns that uh, these behind-the-scenes efforts trying to influence the Supreme Court can set a precedent of in times to come. So it's not just about abortion, but all the other things that come before the court. The, the, the justices are human. The justices have their own political ideologies that are not supposed to come through as much in their rulings, in their opinions. It's not supposed to come through as much. They can share it. They can do it. And, for example, Alito saying that it was egregious, a Roe versus Wade was egregious to begin with is, you know, that's his personal opinion, but he still has to stick with the, the facts and the precedents of cases before this uh, this one that's up now, Dobbs versus um, Jackson Women's Health Clinic. Um, when I, this is what uh, someone tweeted, David French, the leak particu is particularly damaging when we really need our institutions to conduct themselves with at least the bare minimum of integrity. 
cases are not decided until the opinions are issued, right? But what happens now, because this opinion got leaked, public opinion is now serving as the court. And we know how unfortunately divided we are as a country on this issue. And I've stated that before. But the whole point, the whole point of this thing, the whole, uh, the whole point of this thing is that we have lost, we have lost much more than a leak. The whole country is in disarray. All the institutions in our country and even around the world are in disarray. There's a great uncovering that's happening. A great, uh, uh, a great uncovering that's happening that is bringing to the, the visibility of all Americans how flawed our world really is and what we need to do to repair it as best we can. And what do we need to do? Well, being that I'm a man of faith, my position is that we need to pray. That's all we can do. We need to pray. And we need to have better ways of communicating with each other. We should have diverse opinions. We are a diverse country. We should be able to articulate those diverse opinions without much conflict. We should be able to dialogue. And that is lost. That is being lost right now. The sensitivity levels of people. And I'm not talking about young people. I'm talking about adults. I'm talking about grown folk. And I'm not talking about, you know, adults, you know, in their 20s and early 30s. No, I'm talking about if you're over 35, if you're 40 and over, man, we, you're supposed to be too grown to be playing this kind of stuff. Yet our politicians are doing the rhetoric that they're doing. We're seeing it back and forth, tit for tat in Congress. One group gets in power and, and you know, if forget their own agenda sometimes just to show that they have power. The other one, once they regain power or get power, do the exact opposite. We don't have, you know, we don't have 180s. <laughs> we have like uh, 270s. <laughs> it's crazy. But anyway, I, it's my prayer that we get some sensibility back. I guess I'm not going to get to this disinformation. I'm going to have to do that on another broadcast. But I I do hope that this leak puts into perspective where we really are as a country. And I do hope that our um, Supreme Court, now, y'all like me, I I don't want a non-elected body <laughs> doing stuff and makes law. I want my elected officials, the ones who are supposed to be 
re, uh, directly re representing me to make those decisions. I do not want an unelected body doing that. And that's what the Supreme Court has been doing over the last, you know, at least you know, four or five decades, which makes them come across as an activist court. But either way, we got a long way to go, and we've got to get there. So that's my – I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to do another segment, um, and – and we'll talk about the disinformation government <laughs> office. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's going to be fun. Anyway, if you haven't done so, make sure you go and follow us on all social media. Zero Network on Facebook. Go there, like that page, listen to archive shows. Visit my website, LorenzoTNeal.com. Buy a book or two. You'll like it, I promise you. Also, become a patron if you haven't done so. This is a listener-supported show, so every little thing that you do helps us out. We try to do it better and better every time we do it, and we're grateful for your support as we do it. Anyway, that's all I have now. You guys take care. Have a great rest of your week, and I'm out of here. God bless you. Views expressed by guests on this show are not necessarily those of Dr. Neal or the Enterprises. for listening and tune in for another great show.